Tigers Avenue. Uh, man, really glad to be back. Uh, have a show uh, for this Monday evening. Glad to, uh, I mean, uh, be able to talk about what has transpired in recent weeks. Um, obviously, we're excited to kind of, Zach, recap everything that has transpired uh, in our absence. Uh, but lots going on, lots to cover. I mean, we're, we got to talk you know, kind of season recap. We need to talk Heisman. We need to talk bowl game, portal, recruiting. It's a lot. Uh, and then, yeah, and then maybe touch on the basketball a little bit. Um, if, we, if we get time to, uh, we, we may make a little mention of, of, of uh, what the girls did the other night. Obviously a big win, dominant win. Uh, was really impressive in the return of, uh, Angel Reese, I, I was very pleased with what I saw. For sure. uh, but with that being said, I, I mean, lots to discuss here. Um, Zach, you know, the season has come to a close. The conference championship has settled and the final four is set. Um, all of these things. So... I think first and foremost, because it's it's what everybody is talking about. Briefly, we need to talk about the playoffs um, and kind of our thoughts on that. And then we can discuss, I think, recapping LSU season. So I, I, I know how you feel about it. Um, <laughs> So elaborate, you know, like how you feel, why you feel this way, your thoughts. Obviously, clearly, uh, Florida State was left out. I mean, I think of, of, of snubs. I think it's the all-time snub of snubs, right? Uh, for sure. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I don't, many of y'all may have seen my posts yesterday after the reveal of the top four teams. And in my opinion, it they got it wrong. In my opinion, they got it wrong. Um, what the committee told us yesterday is that the regular season and going undefeated and winning a conference championship means nothing. Means nothing. Um. I'll start off by saying this. I understand why the committee put Alabama in the top four. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say that, yes, Alabama is 
a better team than Florida State right now. Yeah. Um, but you punished a team that accomplished an undefeated season yep. and went through, what was it, three games without their starting quarterback yep. and still competed in those games, still won those games, went to the conference championships championship against a really good Louisville team and beat them yep. on their third-string quarterback. Uh, not to mention your second-string quarterback in Tate Rod, uh, Rodmaker, uh, he's going to be available. He's going yep. to be available. Um, so I I think it was a complete miss by this committee um, <laughs> in leaving out Florida State. I understand why, but why in the world are we playing the regular season games? Why in the world are we playing conference championships? If you're going to punish a team right. for an injury, this – this game of football that we love, Reagan, it is not an individual sport. It is a team no, sport. It is. This it isn't is. this isn't disc golf. This isn't regular <laughs> golf. This isn't it isn't like you know baseball where you have to rely on an individual player at the plate or an individual pitcher to make pitch. I mean, sure, this is sure. a complete team effort and yep. Florida State is one of the best teams in the country, country arguably yep. one of the best four teams in the country from top to bottom. Yep. And because they suffer an injury with the quarterback, you punish them and leave them out of the opportunity to win a national championship after they accomplished everything yep. that they did during the regular season and not to mention in the conference championship with their third-string quarterback. I think it's a complete snub. I think it was it a terrible – I think it was a bad job by the committee um, to to place Alabama ahead of them. Uh, I think it's a slap to the face to Mike Norvell and the job he did this year. It's a slap sure. to the face to those players. Um, and I, I'll just – I'll say it. Commit, college football playoff committee, get off your high horses. Get off the Bama bias. And, and give the teams that work their tail off and deserve to be there. Bama, they lost. They lost at home against Texas. I don't care if it's earlier than the in the year. They still lost. You could say, well, the Alabama was still putting it together. Hey, guess what? Florida State, from the beginning to the end, they as they put together their team and figured out what worked best for their team, uh, they didn't lose. But Alabama, they took a loss as they did. were going through that. So, yeah, you could say Alabama right now is a better team than Florida State because they don't have their quarterback. Yeah, you can play that. Sure. But to me, the college football playoff, the best four teams in college football playoff, should be awarded to the teams that over the entire sum of the season have been the best team, for, yep. one of the four best teams. And I think over – Overall, over the entire season, and in its entire sum, Florida yep. State has been a better team than Bama. Bama struggled early on in the season. They looked bad. They they played they played a toe to toe game with USF, who they had no business playing a toe to toe game with. 
they had they had other extremely close wins that where they escaped. You you barely beat an Auburn team who's barely bowl eligible off of a miracle throw. I mean, yep. great throw. You know, Isaiah Bond pushed off. That's hearsay. <laughs> whatever. Isaiah Bond pushed off, <laughs> caught the miracle pass, and yes. uh, they get it together for the game against Georgia. I mean, kudos to Alabama. Great job by them to beat the number one yeah. team in the nation. But the playoff committee should award the top four teams because based off of their entire sum of the season, not based yeah. on, oh, well, this team. Well, in that case, if, if you're just basing off of, well, this team looks the best right now. Well, shoot, you could have teams that have lost two, three games, yeah. and you say, well, they look the best right now more so yeah. than another team, right? Yeah. You could argue, I know I'm, I've am i got the purple and gold bias, but you could argue that LSU looks like a better team than Michigan, maybe. Offensively, they do. Michigan doesn't do anything offensively. They're terrible offensively. Uh, you could, I mean, you could make that argument. I'm not saying you'd win that argument. I'm not saying Michigan is worse than LSU. I'm just saying you could argue and make points that certain teams right now, yeah, it's real subjective. That that you could make you could make certain points yeah. that oh well, this team right now looks better than X team X. And, yeah, and that's what they did. Alabama looks better right now than Florida State. You're basing that off of a small sample size of what just happened. They were a prisoner of the moment. The committee was a prisoner of the moment, and they gave in to Bama bias because it's a thing. I don't care. If you're a Bama fan and you come listen to us, I don't care. You're a Bama fan. You don't see it. It happens. Every single non-Bama fan sees it. It, there is a Bama bias. It is very clear. And I understand it's Nick Saban. I understand he's the greatest coach of all time. I'm not taking that away from him. Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time. But you have to base. Right. You have to base the best four teams over the sum of the season, not of, oh, they looked. this looked like the best team this week, and this team didn't look as good because they didn't have their starting quarterback. That's a stupid mentality. That's a yeah. flawed mentality. You have to reward teams based on their progress and their success and their production over the entire season, not over one week in a conference championship. Yeah, it's college football week in and week out. Anybody can beat any. I, I, I don't. I want to say anybody can beat anybody, but I mean, you know, Bama could have a bad day and lose to a team like Auburn. Right? We almost saw it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, Reagan. Let's say yep. Auburn wins that game. Well, might as well give Auburn the playoff because they looked better. They looked better. <laughs> they looked like the better team. It's a flawed mentality, Reagan. And the playoff well, committee got it wrong. Here's here's the deal. And I don't look, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I feel horrible. I, I feel horrible for Florida State. As much as I have despised Florida State. The last two years, uh, I, I have a. I want to play Florida State so bad again down the road somewhere because we we've got to get our lick back. Um, yeah. But as much as I have despised them for the last two seasons, they were snubbed, and I feel bad for them. 
But here's the reality, Zach. Here's the reality. And, and, and I, again, I don't disagree with you, but listen to what I have to say. I, the committee got it right. The committee got it right based on their parameters. Number one, their job is to put the four best teams in the playoff. And they have parameters that, that lay that out. And one of their parameters specifically lists the injury of a key player. I, I mean, that is literally in their criteria. Yeah. So to me, they did the right thing. Was it the hard thing to do? Absolutely. But the reality, the overarching reality is, is that it is a flawed system. It was never going to work from the beginning. Eventually, I do agree this was going to happen. Florida State, 1,000%, 1,000% deserves a chance at the championship. But we have a flawed college system that allows a team in their situation to be booted out. And according to the criteria, the committee had every right to do so. Alabama, they have they have corrected themselves. It looks like Jalen Milrow has figured himself out. They found themselves in the offense. They go to the championship game in the SEC. They knock off Georgia, who is the two-time defending national champion. 29-game uh, win streak comes to an end. And you have Florida State, who scrapes by Louisville in the ACC championship. And let's be real, Zach. If Florida State plays Michigan, even with Rodemaker in the playoffs, they're getting destroyed. Right? We don't right? know that. But we don't the, know that, Reagan. We do. Michigan will uh, would annihilate, would annihilate Florida State. With Jordan Travis, it's a completely different game. Without him, they will lose. And nobody wants to watch Florida State get into the playoffs and get killed. Again, I agree with you. They were screwed, but they were screwed because the system is flawed. The system is flawed. And that is why it needs to change. And it is changing, thankfully, because next year, these problems will be completely alleviated. We yeah. won't have these problems. That's true. Like, like Bama would get in. Florida State would get in. Georgia would get in. Ohio State would get in. All of these teams that have an argument to be in the playoff and legitimately have an argument to be in. Like every team that we discuss, Bama, Washington, Michigan, Texas, Florida State, Georgia, like Ohio State. I probably Oregon. mentioned one of those twice. Like all of them deserve a chance at the playoff and a chance at a national title. One stinking loss should not erase you from the chance at a championship. Like it is the only sport in all of the world where you can lose one game and not win a championship, where you can lose zero games and not win a championship, not even be given the opportunity to win a championship, right? It, it is it is an absurdly flawed system. Four teams get the chance to win a championship it is absurd. Like, that's, that's absurd. You were always, always, always going to run into situations 
where there's like six to eight teams that legitimately have an argument to be in the playoffs. And and the reality is all of them deserve a shot. All of them. There's there's nobody in the in, in all of college football that would not argue that Bama does deserve a shot at the championship. Georgia, who is a two-time defending national champion, just came off a 29-game win streak, yet they don't even get a chance. That is unbelievable. And now, of course, the epitome of all epitome when it ter- in terms of, uh, of, of snub, an undefeated team because of an injury is left out of the playoffs. A power five undefeated ACC championship team is left out because we are limited to four teams. And one of the parameters in their stupid criterias is that an injury to a key player can leave them out. It is a flawed system. The playoff committee did what was right. But does that mean the system is right? No, it's a flawed system. 12 that's teams. That's a good point you make. It's a great point. 12 teams. And that's my opinion. I know you, you can have a different opinion. Other people can have different opinions like, no, the committee's flawed. For me, the whole system is, is flawed. The the 12 team next year, 12 teams will get you the best teams. Whenever you have 12 teams in playoff, like the ones who are left off, 13, 14, 15, right? Like they're, the argument is not as strong for Georgia or Florida State that are now being left out of the championship. We're, we're not going to feel as bad for a three-loss team ranked, you know, 13 or 14 who didn't win their conference championship as bad as we're feeling right now for Georgia and Florida State who are not even get a chance to play in the playoffs. So the system to me is flawed, um, but I think <laughs> I think that, uh, of course, I despise Alabama, and I I, uh, I adhere to your sentiment, Zach. I despise them. I do think there is a bias to Bama. I think if it was a different team, that that Florida State probably gets in. Seriously, I, I think Florida State gets in if it is any other team than Bama. Um, so the system to me is flawed and thankfully it is being changed next year and the arguments of the 13th and 14th place team is not going to be as strong or as contentious as it is for literally an undefeated team or a conference championship team. So to me, the system is flawed, and it, from the very beginning, it, it was going to cause problems. It's yeah. like, like, you know how I feel about this, Zach. Bowl games mean absolutely nothing. Please give me more postseason games that matter. Give me more postseason games that matter. Give me more opportunity for a championship. Don't tell me that if you lose one, two games – in a Power Five conference, you have zero hope for a national title anymore. That's yeah. the system we're living in right now. And it, and to be quite honest, to put it frankly, it sucks. The system sucks. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad it's changing. And that's my thoughts on. It. I, I, 
Nobody wants to see a, a Florida State team who has a quarterback, second, third string, Rodemaker, whoever, go get annihilated by Michigan. But it would make more sense in a better system. Like, it would make more sense, and they deserve that shot. But when you only limit it to four teams, like, nobody wants to see that. All right. I see you smiling or something. Somebody must be commenting. I can't hear you. It's just you Preston muted? being it's just Preston being stupid. Glad to have him uh in there with us tonight. What, what's he saying? I, I I'm not gonna get into it. Anyways, moving I'll, on. I'll have to go look at it. <laughs> um I I will say that I agree with you, and you make a really good point. Um oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get into that. This is a LSU sports talk show, and that's what we're going to do. We're talking LSU sports. Scripture's um, a little different there. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you 100%, Reagan. But um, we could argue that all day long. We Well, not argue it, because I think we really pretty much agree on everything with, with that point. But um, I do. I think Florida State deserves a chance. But the system is flawed, and, and that's why they're like I agree. That. I agree. But for, for lack of time – yeah, let's move, let's let's move on to LSU here. So obviously, Reagan, uh, it's been a while since we've met. Obviously, you've been wrapping up school, and uh, I have been extremely busy with a lot of work. Um, luckily, we are both kind of transitioning now back to where we're able to be more free, and yes, especially in the new. Lord. We had the holidays with Thanksgiving. We have holidays you, coming Lord. up, but in the new year, thank thank goodness we'll be back to normal. Um, and glad to be on tonight. Listen, so LSU. The last time we spoke, LSU had beaten Florida. LSU goes out. They get the job done uh, against Georgia State. And then, obviously, they had the matchup against Texas A&M. And uh, Jaden was Jaden, right? And so, overall, I think LSU, they did exactly what I expected this season, in this regular season. In fact, they did exactly what I thought they would do this regular season. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I predicted LSU would go nine and three with losses to Florida State, losses to with losses to Florida State, uh, Ole Miss, <laughs> and Bama. Um, that's exactly what happened. I still yeah. think this team accomplished so much, uh, and you have a chance to to win ten games back to back to be able to for Brian Kelly to get this program to this point and where it was two years ago. We only had 38, 39 scholarship players. I think is a massive, massive tale of what Brian Kelly can do with yeah, this program and what he can do uh, with at LSU. Absolutely. So I, I completely understand how frustrating it was this season to have the offense that we had and to have to suffer through watching the defense, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and obviously there's a lot of talks, Reagan, is Matt House going to come back? We'll see. Um, I don't want to say that initially that that would be a mistake. I did initially say once I started seeing reports that he could come back that I thought it would be a mistake. When you really look at it, Reagan, you have to consider the losses that LSU occurred um, on the defensive side of the ball, but also you have to uh, look at the misses in the transfer portal. Look, When you go get a guy in the transfer portal – you're hoping that you hit on them. And sometimes yeah. you do, sometimes you don't. You went and you got Joe Burrow, hit. You went and got Jaden Daniels, hit. You went and you got, uh, you Logan know, Diggs. Logan Diggs, hit. And then, you have time, and, then, 
Yeah, and then you have times where it doesn't work out. Denver Harris this year didn't work out. Deuce Chestnut this year didn't work out. Um, and there's more that I could list. I mean, I, I could list a lot more, but again, for sake of time, we'll move on. Um, and so, unfortunately, this year, you just had a lot of misses in the transfer portal. Yeah. And sure. to stack on top of that, you lost your All-American defensive tackle, Makai Wingo, for most, most of the season. You yeah. lost your glue, your leader of the entire defense, and Greg Brooks as he yeah. battles cancers, uh, cancers, as he battles yeah. cancer, and right now is in Memphis at St. Jude. Of course, of course, we're still praying for him and hope that um, all goes well and for a speed recovery and that, you know, the, the chemo and everything, uh, all the treatments that he goes through can can uh, cure him and cure uh, and take away the cancer. Um, but we forget that, you know, you've, A, you've lost, you lost some really key members to this defense Absolutely. early on. B, um, you had a lot of transfers that didn't hit. C, because you had so many different transfers, because you had so many different guys uh, playing in different spots on this team, you had to figure out the team chemistry, and you really never were able to because you yeah. lost Greg Brooks, because you lost Makai Wingo, because you didn't hit uh, on your players that you got from the transfer portal. On top of all that, Matt House just didn't do a great job this season of scheming. But part of me wants to say it's because of everything else. It's because of the injuries. Sure. It's because of the, sure. the personnel. You can only do so much with the personnel that you have. And when you get all those guys together and you see what you have, you know what your weaknesses are. And you know where you know, you're know you going to be strong and where your, your team is going to take the biggest hit. And so LSU tried to scheme to protect themselves. And every, every time they, tr- they tried to scheme – you know, to to help their weakness, it hurt them against Bama. We saw uh, leading up to Bama, your secondary is the weakness. Your secondary is the weakness. Your secondary is the weakness. Okay, yep. let's drop eight guys back since our yep. secondary is the weakness. Now what happens? You leave a wide, a wide gap, a wide yep. a, a wide open box for Joe Milro to run right through, and you get and you get beat because you're worried about the 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 back end of your secondary. Yep. So. While I will agree that Matt House deserves a lot of criticism, and he does, sure. I'm, I'm sure. not trying to take away from that. We do also have to realize the other effects that played a part in how Very bad true. this defense was this year. So a part of me understands a little bit of why potentially you keep Brian Kelly is going to keep Matt House. We'll have to wait and see if that becomes permanent. We'll have to wait and see if that if that comes true. We'll have to wait and see. I think either way, this could be something that ultimately ends up being a huge mistake. Like Brian Kelly, dude, you you missed on that one. You shouldn't have kept them. Sure. Or ultimately, you look back. You look back after next year and you go, "Okay, I understand why you kept them." Right? Yeah. So overall, the season went about as as much as I expected. I didn't expect this offense to be as good as they were. I expected them to be really good. I didn't expect them to be the greatest offense in the country. I didn't expect the LSU defense to be great, but I didn't expect them to be the worst defense ever. 
in LSU history. So, <laughs> you know, the, the two kind of go hand in hand. They kind of go together, right? You got yeah, the greatest yeah. offense in the country. You got the you got arguably the second – I mean, not arguably. It is the second best offense ever to 2019 LSU. You could argue it is close to the same. Uh, if they had yeah. two more games, you could argue that maybe they, they end up being a better statistical offense than right. 2019. Right. We don't know. We won't get to see those two extra games. But, I, like I said, the two kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. You got an offense that was extremely elite, and you didn't expect them to be this elite. You knew they'd be good, but then you got a, a defense that you expected to not be great, and they were way worse than you were. So, like, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a give and take, you know. Yeah. So, ultimately, I think the season went how I expected it to. Um Overall, it just sucks because in hindsight, you look back and you go, man, if, if our defense would have had, you know, if, if our defense would have been just, just been decent, you know, we're, yeah. we're in the playoff, right? You beat Bama. You beat Ole Miss. Maybe right. you don't beat Florida State, but, I mean, you're you're probably in the playoff. Um, or at least you're playing Georgia in the SC Championship for a chance to make the playoff. Right. So, there was some give and take this season uh, for us as LSU fans and with this football team. I think overall – LSU landed where I expected them to be. And I think overall, yes, it, it sucks to uh, realize the, the potential this team had with the offense that they had. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the defense held them back. But um, we have to look at the positive. I am, I am a person that tries to always look at the positive. That's usually my mentality. Now, there's times where I'm like, this is bad. Like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Um, but – most of the time, and I think you're a witness to this, most of the time I tend to be more positive than others. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I'm going to look at this and go, hey, we had the potential to get another 10-win season. The defense was lacking ex- extremely on the personnel end of side of, the side of things. You lost two of your key major players on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. But you got to watch an offense – that was exciting to watch every single possession that they took the ball. You got to watch somebody, and as we're probably about to make a transition here to this next segment, segment, you got to watch a player in Jane Daniels that is going to going to become the third Heisman ever at LSU. Um, so you have to be grateful for this season and the things that LSU was able to accomplish and the awards that they're going to receive. Um, I mean, we will forever remember this season because of obviously Jaden yep. Daniels and Malik Neighbors and Brian and and, and BTJ. Um, yes. But we'll also, you know, on the flip side of it, on the on the downside of it, we'll always remember the season because of the defense and how bad it was. <laughs> so, Reagan, ultimately this year there was some give and take, but I like where we ended up. It's not where I wanted, but I I, I am content. And I think that's the best sure. word to use here. I am content with how the season went. Yeah, I mean, there was certainly – and we have to look at kind of the timeline of things, and I wanted to touch on this. And I mentioned this before in terms of Matt House. Last year, y'all, we were singing his praises, and we were talking about how incredible of a job he did last year, halftime adjustments and things like that. Um, All the things that we didn't, you know, see happen for him this year, you know, we were praising him for last year. Correct. And, and look, when your personnel is limited, 
it it limits the amount of adjustments you can make. It limits the amount of scheme you can you can put out there and and change that you can make. Now, I think there definitely could have been like just some philosophy change. I mean, try something completely different, new, and see if it works for this unit. But you're limited when your personnel is is lacking. And the reality is, Zach, you think about last year, Makai Garner, Jarek Bernard Converse. You hit on the guys you had transfer in, you know, and, and and they were like you just said, they were hits. They were phenomenal. Uh and and then you also think of uh Jay Ward, who was a veteran safety last year, Joe Fouché, Greg Brooks was out there to pair with Major Burns. Yeah, you know, in the middle of the field, you had Greg Penn, you had uh, um um oh man, I, his name just slipped me. Oh man, he he performed. He, he overperformed. Oh, I was literally thinking of his name, and his name slipped. He wore number twenty three, but he was a phenomenal defender last year. Micah Baskerville. Micah Baskerville. Thank you, Micah Baskerville, and and alongside of Greg Penn and Whit Weeks, and then of course you had a true Jack linebacker in BJ Ojolari, and so you were able to use. Perkins in a little bit different way because you had those personnel pieces. And Makai Wingo was fully healthy, and so he was dominant last year. Um, like, your defense, like, turned over a lot of people last year. A mm-hmm. lot. You had to remake the secondary. And like we were talking about, you just missed on some. And so you played a lot of freshmen this year. I mean, you played a lot of freshmen in your secondary this year. And in terms of learning the college football game and all of those things, like you can only throw so much at a freshman, right? So that's going to limit your scheme. That's going to limit the adjustments you're going to be able to make and all of those things. And so maybe it's not a Matt House problem. Maybe the reality is it's a personnel problem. And that goes back to the roster problems that we had with Ed Orgeron because we had to supplement with one-year players so that we could actually have a decent defense. So that means the very next year, you're going to have to supplement again, like immediately. Yeah. And the first year where you hit, the second year in the portal, you miss. And, and, and that's just the reality of the portal sometimes. I, you know, so, And we're going to have to do the same. We're going to have to do the same with certain positions this year again. And eventually, eventually – Right, Brian Kelly's going to put these recruiting classes together, and you're going to build your foundation from your freshman recruiting classes, so yet you're not having to supplement year after year a uh, major, you know, major overhaul, right? Because yeah. you're not getting Deuce Chestnut back, probably. You're not getting Denver Harris back, probably. You can get Zai Alexander, J.K. Johnson back, but how do you feel about two guys who are coming off season-ending injuries? Yeah, and then of course you have Javen Taviano. And Ashton steps. So, you know, they still need to develop. They had a lot of play time this year. It was very good for them. And Ryan Yates, lots of them had lots of playing time, but they got to develop. How big of a jump do they make from first year to second year? How much do you trust Zion J.K. Johnson when they come off of a injury, right? So you're you may have to go supplement again. You, you may have to. Um, but eventually, as you build these recruiting classes and you begin to kind of lay the foundation from there, that this problem won't exist. So maybe, just maybe, 
you hang on to Matt House, you let him see you you know you just you see how it plays out this year, and hopefully it's a it's a personnel problem. Maybe you make some staff changes. Uh, you know, maybe you replace the DB position coach or, or the safety coach, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but I definitely think there are some personnel issues that were underlying that we, you know, in the moment we wanted to blame it on Matt House. But looking back at it, it's like, OK, maybe it wasn't that. So like you were saying, Zach, overall, the season, the offense was absolutely phenomenal. Um We'll see how how they can work on the defense this this offseason and put that back together. Uh, but the offense was incredible. I mean, it was the highlight of the year. I, I mean, Jay Daniels is going to win the Heisman on Saturday. It, it's yep. going to like it, it's a successful season. And Brian Kelly has set us up for back to back ten win seasons, and that's really hard to do coming into a program with high expectations. And the roster was in. in was a complete crap show and you were coming off back to back like 500 or less seasons from Ed Orgeron. Um, so it, like it can only get better. I mean, it could get worse, but you expect the trend to get better as you continue to build on these things. So I, I you know, like you said, we're trying to be positive. Hopefully they can figure it out defensively this next season, maybe they retain Matt House, maybe they don't. I don't know entirely. But overall, I think it was a successful season in terms of um, building on your program. I mean, you're going to have a lot of awards and accolades for these players this year. So it's a successful season, man. It really was. Sure. So, Zach, with, with that in mind, you know, I think we need to talk about it briefly. Uh, the Heisman. Jaden Daniels, you know, it was announced today. He, he uh, he's been invited. Bo Nix, obviously, um, Michael Penix Jr. and <laughs> Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. has been invited as well. Lame. <laughs> Why is Marvin Harrison there and Malik Neighbors is not? Anyways, um, if if he wins the Blitnikoff, we riot. I mean, he probably we, is going to win the Blitnikoff because he's a Heisman finalist, and he's not going to win the Heisman. We we should ride. Hopefully, they'll, they'll have brains enough to go, oh, wow, look at the stats. Something's different here. <laughs> right? <laughs> probably anyway, not. Anyway, you know, I, I think he is the best receiver in the draft, but there's no denying Malik Mavers is incredible. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt Marvin Harrison is a special talent, but, man, you, you just can't ignore what Malik was doing this year. 100%. So, Zach, what are your thoughts going into the Heisman? I mean, obviously, I, we we both think he's going to win. But, like, what do you think this means for LSU uh, going forward? And, I mean, how big is it? Well, I'll start off, I'll start off with this. So, obviously, going into championship week, uh, championship Saturday – the the odds were not in in Jane's favor. <laughs> we right. saw as the line shifted back towards Bo Nix, um, and I want to say what did it get as high as negative uh, two fifty or something like that in in Bo Nix's favor. 
So obviously yeah. the Oregon Washington game was what everybody was watching. Oregon wins. Bo Nix has a good day. He's the Heisman winner. So obviously all LSU fans were tuned into this game hoping that Oregon loses and Bo Nix yeah. does not have a great game. And yes. lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Close game, back and forth. Bo Nix had eight yards passing. Eight after the first quarter. I tweeted. Oh, man. I tweet. I literally tweeted eight yards passing after the first quarter. Dot dot dot. Jaden could never. Um, anyways. Oregon has a little bit more successful second quarter. It's close at half. You saw the the Heisman odds go back into Jaden's favor by the end of halftime because of the, the lack of performance on Bo Nix's end. You go to the second half, and Oregon's able to uh, rally. They're able to take a lead on Washington. You see it go back in Bo Nix's favor. Um, you had an interception in there that helped you out a ton when Bo Nix threw the, threw the interception. Um, yes. And then, of course, ultimately, Oregon was able, not able to overcome Washington. Washington had a phenomenal drive there after Oregon had taken the lead, and then they never relented it ever again. Um, of course, Bo Nix had the, like, 65-yard touchdown, you know, where the Washington defense was playing a weak prevent defense and – I mean, dude was wide open. I mean, um, and yes, it amazed me. You know, I heard uh, and saw on Twitter how you know a, a lot, and we knew from the stats, you know, that sixty-five percent of Bo Nix's uh, passing yardage were yak, sixty-five percent. Yeah. Which in, in, in the opposite, which on the flip side of that, sixteen percent of Jane's yardage was yak. I mean, massive difference, and you saw that good and well. Uh, in the in the Pac-12 conference championship, but ultimately Washington does us a massive favor, and not only that, but Penix he had a good day, not a great day. He had one touchdown, one interception. Yeah, went for I mean he went for over three hundred yards, but didn't have a phenomenal day. So, you know, ultimately you needed what what you LSU fans needed to happen and what needed to happen for Jaden Dan- Daniels happened and guess what it is it was destiny because he deserved it he 100% yeah. deserved it Absolutely. way more than Penix Clearly the way more than Knicks way more than either one yeah. of those guys and so the football gods did it correctly and and blessed <laughs> us with with an, with an Oregon loss and so Bo Nick and then obviously as you saw the Oregon loss I mean, the odds just went cuckoo for Cocoa Buffs towards towards Jaden. I think at one point he was at minus fourteen fifty. I think a lot of the odds yeah. ended at minus twelve hundred. Um, you saw Bo Nix and Penix go to plus one thousand, and by then it was a wrap. So yes, on yeah. Saturday night we are going to get to enjoy uh, and be privileged to watch our third uh, Heisman winner at LSU as Jaden Daniels will be crowned. Uh, I mean, I don't expect it. I really don't expect it to go another way. I would be God. utterly, I would be utterly shocked, shocked. I'd be dumbfounded and, and livid as well uh, if Jaden Daniels somehow does not win the Heisman. 
But man, what what a what a career he's had. I mean, even at Ar- or excuse me, Arizona State um, had a really good freshman year. Of course, lost all of his skill position players in his sophomore year. <coughs> excuse me, Reagan. Um, battled with the coaching issue in his in his third year at Arizona State. Makes the transfer. Has a really good year last year. Yeah. And ultimately, we saw kind of as the year progressed, Jaden got better and better. You had to see, obviously, um, him be able to air it out more, see see the accuracy, and he did that to perfection this year. Yeah. Uh, and, Zach, I mean, man, if <laughs> if another name is announced on Saturday night, I might cry. I, I, might, I might shed a tear or two. I, I I might I wouldn't get a tear, but my my <laughs> my Twitter slash X fingers would be going nonstop. <laughs> Twitter slash X. Uh, yeah, I would I would have a a, a I, I will have a very long moment of silence sitting in my recliner of deep thought and anger contemplation. Uh, <laughs> That would stew for a very long time. Oh yeah, if Jaden Daniels is not announced as the Heisman, I fully that expect would stick, him to be. that would stick with us for the rest of our life. I mean, oh, not that. Without I mean, not that. You know, football is just a game; it's something we love. But you know, I would go that, into my grave be, telling my yeah. kids and grandkids, "Yeah, Jaden Daniels got absolutely screwed out of the Heisman snub for sure." I mean, Zach, but but on on the other hand. Yes, it is LSU's third Heisman, but I think more more significantly, it's LSU's second quarterback Heisman in the last four 100%, years. 100%. Uh, I, I mean, that is huge. That's huge. And as we have seen, LSU's quarterback room has vastly improved since uh, Joe Burrow has left. The recruiting of our quarterback room has been far improved. And – Jaden Daniels will help that case even better. And um, if he's named the Heisman uh, on Saturday night, which we obviously fully expect him to be, uh, it will just further contribute to that. And, man, that is so crucial in college football. Having a good quarterback is so incredibly crucial in college football. If you have a dominant elite quarterback, it, it can take you a long way. Yeah, I mean, you think about LSU season this year. What what does LSU season look like if they do not have Jaden Daniels? It's rough. You probably lose the Arkansas game. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, you probably lose the A and M game. Let's be real. Probably. I I mean, you lose. You definitely lose the Missouri game. You lose the Missouri game. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's a rough season if you don't have Jaden Daniels. You're probably you're probably closer to seven five, six and six. Sure. Sure. All right, so obviously we think Jaden's going to win the Heisman. It's going to be awesome. We'll watch that this Saturday, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll give you our reaction the Monday following. Um, really looking forward to that. Obviously, uh, I, I, what I am most curious about is I, I, I want to see the numbers. Like I, I want to see the How margin won of victory. By? Yes. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Joe Burrow, I mean – the largest margin of victory ever. ever. I mean, it was the most obvious Heisman ever. Uh, I'm really curious to see what it'll play out like this time. 
um, that that's kind of what I'm looking forward to the most. And of course, I love all of the the show, like the build up, all of the history and the build up, and they work through all of the, the players, and I, I love all that stuff. Uh, but one last thing on the Heisman, uh, Malik Neighbors definitely deserved to be there over Marvin Harrison. Uh, it's a snub. And if he does not win the Bolitnikoff, it will be a snub as well. So, Zach, with, with that in mind, Jaden Daniels, he's out of eligibility. He's moving on. Garrett Nussmeyer seems to be the incumbent, right? Like, he's, he's yeah. the guy. Aaron Perry. But, but, oh gosh, but the transfer portal has opened today, and we've it got word that LSU has contacted the quarterback. Um, so, Zach, I think we need to hit a quick break, and when we come back, we will discuss that and other transfer portal and recruiting issues right after this. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, at Saints Anthem. And at Twitter, at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. All right, right back at it here in the Tigers Avenue. Uh, as I just was saying, Transport Portal officially open today. As the Heisman ballots officially close today, the transfer portal opens today. Um, yeah. And, and man, it, it, every year it continues to grow. It is the absolute wild, wild west uh, <laughs> when it comes to the transfer portal. I love I, it. I love it, to be honest. Oh, man. I, I mean, who? There's some people that hate it. I'm just like, anyways, y'all hate fun things. Like, like y'all hate fun things. I mean, I mean it's like going. It's like going to a candy store as a kid and go, ooh, I want that. And I want that. And I want that. And I want that. And I want that. Yeah. Bring that to me. Yeah. Oh, it's ruining college football. No, it's probably making college football better. A better product. Look at your your three Heisman finalists. We're not counting Marvin Harrison Jr. Look at your three Heisman finalists. They're all transfer quarterbacks. Yes. Yes, all three guys who legitimately could win the Heisman are transfer quarterbacks. Absolutely. Um, and, man, boy, you got some big, big names right off the bat this morning. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Oklahoma that was, starting quarterback. That was kind of a shocker to me. <laughs> yeah, like, what the heck? Kyle that was McCord? a big shock to me. Like, these are two – Power five starting quarterbacks, two guys at, at one point in the season who were absolutely in the conversation for a playoff position. Yep. And one of them, Dylan, was was in the Heisman conversation for a long time. 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, look, it, it's, you know, there's rumors that, like, he may, that Dylan Gabriel may follow Levy uh, with Kyle McCord. They're saying, like, Cam Ward is probably going to Ohio State, and they're telling Kyle McCord, hey, it's probably best for you to move. Like, those are all the rumors that are circling. And, man, if that's true, like, that's just how it is with programs like Ohio State. Like, yeah. okay, this quarterback, he's good, but is he good enough to get us where we want him to be? Probably not. So they have the money and the funds enough. They have the the, the statute, uh, the, the stature of a program good enough to say to someone like Kyle McCord, hey, we need you to move on. And then go all in on someone like Cameron Cor- Cameron Ward in the transport. Just crazy. Unbelievable. I don't you know, I, I'm I'm shocked at the whole Oklahoma move. I, I really don't know the benefit other than maybe NIL for Dylan Gabriel to leave. Yeah. But in my opinion, I, I feel like Oklahoma would be willing to match any dollar amount to keep him. So I, I don't maybe know. USC. Maybe USC would not you know. But I feel like they maybe. could be able to match I feel like they would be able to match something that Oregon or state would have to offer for sure. I feel like they would go toe-to-toe with anybody. It, for Dylan Gabriel, with with, with with like a DB, you know, maybe not. You go to bed, buddy. I love you. See, it's, it's bedtime. I love you, buddy. Night-night. Okay. Night, buddy. Um, now, I mean, if it wasn't, you know, if it's like a starting DB that's a really good player and he hits the portal – to make some more NIL money, money, maybe they don't match that. But this guy, like, balled out this year. Yeah. And got you a Red River, Red River rivalry W, like yep. led you on a final drive, last second touchdown to beat Texas. Like, like he's the guy. Like, I think yeah. Oklahoma would be willing to spend any money to keep him. Because he's that guy, like, like the same with like, well, he's not, he's not Joe Burrow, but in the same sense, like, LSU would have spent any money to keep Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. Like if he was, if he was trying to leave it for some kind of scenario, you know, if if Malik Neighbors was trying to transfer, LSU would match any dollar amount, like they they would be like, we don't care, we're matching it, like he's that type of guy for Oklahoma, so yeah. that just blows me away. Anyways, we need to focus on LSU. Oh, oh freaking Walter Nolan, uh, leaving A&M. I mean, there are massive names in the portal. Massive. Um, but, and let's let's not forget, there's a, there's some other quarterbacks, too, that are really good. Obviously, Cam Ward is probably the hottest quarterback name in, in the portal. Um, other than Dylan Gabriel and, and Kyle McCord, you got uh, Riley Leonard, um, Tyler Van Dyke. You know, yep. uh, there, there's more that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. But, anyways, LSU, uh, the portal today, uh, you lost Trey Bradford, Armani Goodwin. Uh, you lost LaTerrence Welch. And there's one more, Zach. Which one am I Bryce Langston. Bryce Langston, the, the defensive lineman. So, these, the, I think these guys are like natural attrition. Yeah. Uh, the, these are guys that are saying, okay. Yeah, like, okay, I'm buried in the depth chart. Like, 
it's probably not going to happen for me here. I need to move on. And that's why I like the transfer portal for guys like that. Like yeah. that's a benefit for them. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it here. Let me go somewhere else and see if I can play. That's great. Now, I think there's going to be more. I don't think we have any surprises. Let me, let me preface that. I don't think we have any, like, Harold Perkins, Will Campbell. Let's hope like, not. Let's hope not. Hitting the portal. Do, I, like, I do not foresee that whatsoever. Uh, Brian Kelly has made it a very clear point of emphasis that uh, we have to – we have to um, be careful of attrition. You know, we need to re-recruit our players, keep them here. I don't think we'll have any problem with that whatsoever. Uh, but I do think that we are going to lose more in the portal than we will add. I think that we're going to be in the range of like 10 guys, maybe a little bit more that go to the portal, that leave LSU. Uh, and I think that LSU will try and target somewhere between like six to nine, maybe ten players coming in from the portal. Um, but some names, Zach, that you've already seen uh, and that, that LSU has been directly tied to already, <coughs> uh, the two names that LSU has been directly tied to that I have seen, uh, number one is, is William Lee. He's a DB transferring out of Kansas State. Uh, I believe he's got two years of eligibility left. Um, LSU has offered him, uh, and he made that public on his on his Twitter. Um, and then, of course, MJ Morris, and, and this is what I was talking about with the quarterback. MJ Morris is a sophomore out of NC State that's in the portal that has been contacted by LSU and was said to be showing interest in MJ Morris. So, um, LSU may be looking to add a quarterback. Now, I think it's a little bit different situation. I don't think that they're trying to add a immediate starter. I don't think they're trying to get rid of Garrett Nussmeyer. But I do think they want to add somebody who could bring some competition and, and, and push Garrett. MJ Morris, look, he, he's got a build like Jaden Daniels. He plays like Jaden Daniels. He's a dual threat. Now that look, he's he's not Jaden Daniels. Can yeah. he turn into that? Maybe so. But right now, just the play style seems similar. And look, that's what it seems like Denbrock likes. Desmond Ritter, dual threat quarterback. He's mobile, can throw. Jaden Daniels, mobile, can throw. Um, MJ Morris is that guy. I don't know if Garrett Nussmeyer is quite as mobile as Maybe they want, so maybe they bring somebody in who's going to give some competition and, and push Garrett Nussmeyer a little bit. I'm all for keeping Garrett Nussmeyer and him being the guy next year, but I do think that LSU will add a quarterback for depth and for competition uh, purposes. And he may be a great add. He 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 redshirted this year, but he. He started four games this year for NC State. Uh, so he he stayed within his limit, but he was the starter at NC State for four games. He threw for seven touchdowns and and I think like 700 yards or something like that over those four games. Um, he did throw some interceptions, but, you know, so did Jaden Daniels on his way into LSU. Uh, I mean, the year before he came to LSU, Jaden Daniels threw 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
Yeah. Uh, I think MJ Morris in his four games had seven touchdowns, five interceptions, and like 715 yards passing, something like that. Uh, so, you know, clearly he said they're showing interest, so they must be looking. Uh, other, other than that, um, definitely some Louisiana guys that you uh, think that LSU will definitely be in the mix for. First and foremost, Jordan Gilbert from Texas A&M, the safety. Yeah. It's at a position of need. You absolutely need to add a safety in the portal. Absolutely. Jordan Gilbert had a great year last year at Texas A&M. He had an injury, didn't play as much this year, but his the year before that, he was the starter at Texas A&M. Played great. He's in the portal now. You know, he played at U High. Uh, hello. <laughs> he, he played on your campus, essentially. Um, so you, you're definitely going to go after Jordan Gilbert. Uh, Jair Brown is another DB who's in the portal out of New Orleans, played at Edna Carr um, a few years back. He's transferring from Ohio State, another DB that is in the portal that you could be looking to add. Um, now, you're losing, Zach. You're losing Malik Neighbors. Yep. You're losing BTJ. It's a yep. lot of production. Okay. Assuming Kyron Lacey returns, which he can, Assuming he returns, you probably still need to go get a number one guy. And there are some options, Reagan. There are some options. London Humphreys, Juice yes. Wells, Deion Burks, Julian yes. Fleming, Tobias Merriweather. And those are some <coughs> oh, really, okay. really good dudes in the portal at wide receiver. Julian Fleming especially and Juice Wells would, would be phenomenal. But you also have Vandy transfer Will Shepard who has been phenomenal, and he's out of Mandeville, Mandeville, Louisiana. He could be a real number one guy at a place like LSU. Yeah. A solid quarterback with our program. I think Will Shepard could take the next step in, 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 his, in his game at a place like LSU. So I would look to see if we add Will Shepard. Maybe we add two. Maybe we add two, and you go get, like, like if you can get Will Shepard and Juice Wells, uh, oh. yeah, you do that. Like, yeah. you absolutely do that. Um, so, uh, and of course, you have freshmen that you can bring along and 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 continue to develop. I, I mean, guys like Shelton Sampson, Jalen Brown, uh, Chris Hilton Jr. Uh, you know, you could bring them along even more. I would be careful for Chris Hilton Jr. I. I he may be a guy that would hit the portal. I mean, just just throwing that out there. He he might be a guy that hits the portal. Um, but I think I, I, stays, I would say I think he stays. I, I do I, I do too, and I think he does stay. But if you go add two receivers that are like legitimate starters, you may see Chris Hilton hit, hit, go. You yeah. may see him go because it yeah. just seems like he hasn't quite got there yet. He's also dealt with some injury, but maybe with the absence of, well, the, the, the leaving of Malik neighbors, BTJ, he takes that step because he's shown yeah. flashes. He's absolutely shown flashes. And if you add like Will Shepard or Juice Wells, man, that's a really good one, two, three. 
with 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 whoever you add, Kyron and Chris Hill. Yeah. So I would I definitely look for us to add probably a, a potential number one type of receiver. Um, uh, furthermore, you definitely are going to want to add on the defensive line. And, guys, there is like <laughs> there was a plethora. There is a plethora of yeah. guys. You know, if, if you don't get Makai Wingo back, I think you definitely go add a defensive tackle. You're also – For Mason Smith. You're also losing Jordan Jefferson. He's out of of eligibility. So yeah. if like you lose all three of those guys, you're definitely going to have to hit the portal for some defensive tackles. You have gotten obviously Shaw, uh, 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 Stone Washington, the JUCO out of MCC that was previously at Georgia. So you know there, there's plenty of defensive line options. And uh, look. I don't know. I don't know if LSU's got a swinging chance at Walter Nolan. Uh, he's a native of Knoxville, Tennessee, so you would expect Tennessee to be right in the mix. You would expect Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Alabama to be right there in the mix. Does LSU have the ability to go toe to toe with all of those guys? I don't know, but the highest bidder is going to win that war. Uh, I, I mean. If if you can somehow land Walter Nolan, you you do it. If there is a yeah. way to land Walter Nolan, you absolutely do it. Um, so th- that's that's kind of the scope of guys that I, I I have definitely seen tied with LSU potential guys, potential positions of need. Um, you might go add one offensive lineman for some depth. Um. But like tight end, we're good in the tight end room. Uh, safety, you may add two guys uh, in the secondary. You know, and see, this is what's hard <clears throat> is you have you have four guys, five guys next year returning that you could develop. So, do you go out and go get three wideout DBs? I don't think so. I think if you can get one. Uh, like Fintrell Cypress type of DB out of this portal, you do that. And then you continue to develop Taviano and Stamps. You get Sage Ryan back. Uh, also, Zai and J.K. Johnson are back. So you have depth there. And if you if you go to add like three guys in the DB room, you may lose some guys and also you might just miss again. But the safety room, I think you're going to have to add two, uh, and I think you're going to get one out of Jarden uh, Gilbert. Where else they go? You know, maybe they land Will Lee. Um, so, but you know, some people would think, oh, we got to add like three DBs, and they got to be three solid DBs. I don't think LSU is going to do that. I think they're going to look to add in terms of wide out DBs. Maybe one solid, possibly two, and then the yeah. safety position as well in terms of the secondary. Because you have pieces, they just need to develop and grow and get healthy. Um, and you don't want to repeat. You, you don't want to repeat of the portal from last year. Yeah. So you have a foundation built on that. If you can add a guy like you know Fentrell Cypress, like Florida State did last year, or Storm Duck where he went to Louisville, like, you get that guy. 
right? Yeah. Uh, to go alongside maybe Sage Ryan or, or Zai or J.K. Johnson, because we don't know how J.K. Johnson would play. He didn't get to play at all this year. But that's kind of my update on the portal. Lots of things going on, obviously, there. Uh, but, Zach, in terms of, real quick, the, the recruiting uh, front, obviously, LSU is looking to add a defensive lineman in Gabe uh, Relaford. Obviously, just recently decommitted from Texas A&M. Yeah, the day he got back from LSU. <laughs> Hello, Hello. Uh, he's Hello. <laughs> he is he is committing this Saturday. He's picking between LSU and USC. He's going to LSU. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's awesome. You you get an in-state guy back from Texas A&M, and you probably look to maybe flip some more guys from Texas A&M. Uh, Terry Bussey would be amazing to flip, and he's definitely on a flip look, uh, you know, a flip alert. Um, Zach, man, there is one name. He's not in the portal right now, but there is one guy at A&M. If he hits the portal, you you go get him. He's at a Dakota position Matthews. of need. Absolutely. If yeah. Jacoby Matthews hits the portal, you have he to is an LSU Tiger. Like, period. You make absolutely certain that he is an LSU Tiger. He played this year, guys, like all year, and he was, and he was really baller. good. He was really stinking good. Yeah, he's baller. Somebody needs to pull the checkbook out and get Jacoby Matthews to LSU. For real. That man should be in purple and gold. And I'm hoping with all this transition that maybe he hits the portal and decides to come home. Uh, I would absolutely love that. I but agree. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's we'll have to wait and not see. happened yet. You got 30 days, 30 days of portal opening. Uh, that's not committing and decommitting. Or, or, or you don't have to commit. Just, you just have to put just your name entering. in. So correct. Yeah, and then after that, I mean, you can wait as long as you want or as short as you want. So correct. Uh, anyways, Zach, any thoughts uh, on the the maybe basketball? I know we're we're already over time. Yeah, any we need to wrap up here. Basketball. I, I, I'm very excited uh, to wrap up transfer portal. I'm very excited to see you know who goes LSU goes after who potentially who else enters. Um, I think that'll be. Very interesting and exciting for Tigers fans to keep up with. Absolutely. Um, obviously, LSU has drawn Wisconsin in the Rely Quest Bowl yes. uh, that will be played on New Year's Day. We will preview that uh, more as we get closer and closer to that game. Uh, I think it's a very favorable matchup that LSU drew, so we'll discuss that more in another episode uh, here soon. Uh, outside of that, Reagan, just to wrap up the show and discuss a little bit of basketball, um, the men's state, I would say so far the, the, the season has been a little ho-hum. Like, you're yeah. obviously better than you were last year. Um, yeah. you, you got destroyed by Syracuse, but you had to go on the road to New York against them. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that team was ready for that game. Was <laughs> not quite ready for that game yet. You beat a good Wake Forest team. I, 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 not a good Wake. I, an okay Wake Forest team. Yeah. Um, so – 
I think you're. I mean, I think what we've seen so far from this LSU men's basketball is probably what you're going to see the rest of the season. You know, you're going to see some times where you're like, "Hey, this team's they're they're okay," and then you're going to see other times where you're like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, we're still rebuilding." Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, Man, if you now as far as the women that. goes, I want to I want to say this before we finish, Reagan. Yes, absolutely. It feels like they put it together against Virginia Tech the other night. It really yeah. does. Yeah. It um, does. I was wor- a little bit worried, you know, obviously without Samaya Smith. I think yep. with Samaya Smith, you know, you could potentially have Samaya Smith, Angel Reese, um, Anissa Morrow, Kelly Van Lith, and Michaela Williams all on the, on the court at the same time. And I think that is a national championship women's basketball oh, no team. Question. Um, no question. Unfortunately, you you lose Samaya Smith for the season with her knee injury, um, which just really sucks because uh, she was having such a promising start to the year. Yeah, she was. But listen, Flashe Johnson and Angel Reese's absence. There's been people that have stepped up in Angel Reese's absence, and of course, we got to see Angel Reese back onto the court against Virginia Tech, which was phenomenal. You know, it was great to see her back. But let me tell you something, Reagan. The best player on this team right now, right now. The yeah. best player on this LSU women's basketball team right now is Anissa Morrow. Absolutely. She is Absolutely. lights out, man. She fights for offensive boards. She is phenomenal at the mid-range. Um, yep. I mean, dude, she plays hard. Uh, she's she's she a really – she steals the ball a lot. I mean, she right now is your best player. Flajay Johnson has come back into form. She looks like her normal yep. self. Haley Van List seems like she's kind of finding her stride with this team and kind of, you know, kind of feels like she has a little uh, solidified her role a little bit. Um, Michaela Williams is that is that player that I mean, when she gets hot, you ride her as long as possible. I mean, it it it's it's an exciting team to watch. And yes, they suffered that early season loss to Colorado on the road, but or a neutral site. But man, this team has a lot of potential, a lot of oh, potential yeah, to make absolutely. a lot of noise this year and potentially make a, a big run and maybe a repeat uh, at the national championship. We'll see as the season hey, progresses. And, and Angel Reese, she was one rebound shy of a double double first game back. Yep. Against a top back. 10 team. Yep. Uh, I think they're going to be okay. Um, they're going to be okay. So they're going to be okay. I, I, Definitely positive. One one remark, and then I'll wrap this up, Zach. With the men's basketball team, I I think what they are missing, and I think I think we have a bright future with Mike Williams. He's very talented as a true freshman, having to run this offense. He's done a good job. Uh, I I think he is going to be special at LSU. But man, if the NCAA would get their butt in gear on some of these decisions. That I have seen multiple coaches complaining about with these transfer appeals and all this garbage. The NCAA just is trash. If if Jalen Cook can get on this team, run this offense, and be the guy who can just score at any time, this this team could be a really solid team. Not, I don't think they're competing for an SEC championship. You know, or, or or making a sweet sweet sixteen run or anything like that, but I think with Jalen Cook, this team could be solid and play really competitive basketball in the SEC. 
and maybe find themselves in the NCAA tournament, and maybe they're a round one, round two exit. I really think that with him, it could change the complexion of this season. So you gotta I get him though. Matt McMahon made a comment on it the other day that he does not know why Jalen Cook has not been approved yet, that he meets all of the criteria that the NCAA has has laid out for a transfer waiver. So the NCAA just needs to do the right thing and, and get it going. Um, it, it's kind of ruining his last season, essentially. Um, just riding the bench, essentially. Like, it's just it, – it's unreal, the NCAA at times. So, anyways, yep. that's my last thought uh, for the men's basketball. Really excited for the women as they kind of seem to get uh, back rolling there. It's been a great show, guys. Appreciate y'all uh, listening and coming back. Uh, there, I know that was obviously a lot to cover, uh, but we're excited. Zach, I think maybe we should touch more Friday on Wisconsin, LSU. Maybe we can start breaking down what that looks like. Obviously, yeah. we'll give you some more portal updates because there will definitely be more updates by then. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, that. We'll see you next time here in the Tigers Avenue. I'll stay here. Take us out. Peace.